Welcome to the Data Guru Podcast. We're your hosts, Scarlett Burks and Laurel Wilhelm Volpe. We will trade off hosting duties this year to bring you a wide range of data experts discussing audience strategy, emerging trends, and practical ways to boost campaign performance. Welcome to the Data Guru Podcast. I'm your host, Laurel Wilhelm Volpe, joined today by two of the smartest ladies I know to discuss a topic that is very near and dear to my heart, travel. But before we get to uh, this discussion, could we please introduce everybody? So I'm joined today by Michelle Fitzpatrick and Linda Harrison. Michelle, introduce yourself, please. Well, hi, Laurel. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast today. I'm the consumer brands industry strategist for Axiom, and one of the territories I cover is travel, and it happens to be my favorite vertical. Awesome. And Linda? I'm Linda Harrison, and I'm the queen of data guru. We run a helpline, what data can I help you with today? All things segmentation, consulting, digital, life is great. Make it happen. There are no two better people to talk about this. So let's get started. I'm going to start with you, Michelle. Vaccinations are rolling out across the country and across the world. Um, you know, some places faster than others. But with this it uh, and with the warming weather, it makes all of us think about summer vacation. So uh, in the role of industry strategist, what do you think is going to happen? You you keep the pulse of the of the industry. What are what are you seeing? Well, Laurel, that's the nine trillion dollar question. I mean, yes, absolutely, we're going to return to vacations this summer, and we're already starting to see a tremendous uptick in travel right now, given that the vaccine implementation is in full gear. And I think summer travel is going to be big for all of us. And we're likely to say extend really deep into the fall this year as well. Now, I, I think travel is going to recover in stages. I mean, we have some people who are really willing to travel right now and some people who just aren't. And I think we all need for travel to be safe for everyone. This sector really needs to recover quickly, both for our mental health and the economy. And I agree with you. We should have a cheer every time we say the word travel because I think we're all really excited about it. And, you know, the reality is that travel is one of the largest economic sectors on the planet. And recovery in this sector will be good for the world's economy and all the jobs and businesses associated with travel. And I, that includes hospitality and destinations as well. So what we're seeing right now is a lot of pent-up demand from consumers. Leisure travel is picking up really quickly as the vaccines become widely available. And many people are just simply mentally ready to travel once again. They aren't waiting to get through their shots in the waiting period to start booking those flights. And right now, it's really a whole lot of fun because it's, it's fairly low risk for travelers to book trips because many of the airlines are offering a lot of flexibility for flight bookings, even in basic economy. So beyond this flexibility, airlines are also tempting travelers with low fares. And that said, many consumers are making future travel plans in pencil rather than in pen, just in case they have to change their plans down the road. And once travelers are able to take to the skies again, my guess is that favorite destinations will be especially in demand in places like Orlando, for example. Now, the industry predicts that there will be a boom for airlines and hotels this summer, but business travel and international travel won't be as quick to return. And I think recovery with these coveted and valuable passengers will still take a few years. 
return to travel for business and international are incredibly important to the financial health of the travel industry. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to get back on planes. Amen. That's I'm right there with you. But, you know, you bring up a good point that the way we've worked um, has changed so radically over the last year. Business travel, it's its just going to take time. I mean, who knows if we're going to really go back to working in offices or if our work from home uh, system that we've developed and really honed over the last year is going to stay in place. And with that, we, we just won't have as much business travel. However, I think we all want to be right there in that leisure travel. So Linda, I'm going to switch over to, to you. You talk to advertisers every day. What are you hearing as people are coming to you for, for audiences and data advice? People are looking for audiences that really signal that the consumer is ready to start traveling. We have a lot of information that says that I used to travel, that I like to travel, but am I really ready? Am I booking today? Have I been seen on other airlines? That's the type of information my clients are asking from me today. So signal data, Axiom Semantics, where I'm looking online, doing research about my next trip, things like that is really critical in this time because the old business traveler, international travel, I enjoy traveling type things just don't work yet because that pent up demand, some people just aren't really, really ready. They're getting closer, but I want to find the early adopters right now and get them to move ahead and and then work on the next phase so that I'm starting to get that traction. That makes sense. So how does that um, compare to what you would typically see this time of year when, you know, prior to the pandemic? Prior to the pandemic, a lot of things worked, right? So just an interest in travel. I could sway people with the creative, with the offer. And now I have to find more than that. I have to find people based on their behavioral cues, their location, things like that. So it's more than just the offer. It's, you know, that mindset that I'm going to go ahead and do it. And, you know, as Michelle well knows, the offers are changing. The The way we travel is changing. People are planning multi-generational trips, right? So our family ties data really helps. So you can bring together consumers that live together or are related to say, hey, grandma, now's a great time to go to Orlando and bring the whole family, right? And I can hit both sides of the equation. I can hit grandma and grandpa at one address, and I can talk to the adults and parents from another address and really bring the whole solution to the forefront. So I like uh, family ties for the multi-generational type campaigns. Michelle, what are you seeing that multi-generational as well? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, this idea that grandparents, you know, got vaccinated first. Right. Right. So they were mingling and having a good time waiting for the rest of us to catch up. So I know a lot of families that haven't been able to to be in the same place at the same time uh, for well over a year now. They're they're really anxious to get back together. So I agree with you. Grandparents are going to stimulate a lot of travel and, and get the family together. And we might e- even see the thing where grandparents are kind of booking the trip on behalf of everybody. So we're going to see some differences in how people plan the travel not only, you know, the fact that there's going to maybe be some large parties uh, coming to a place where they, they normally wouldn't have taken a trip that way. You know, something I'm also seeing with travel brands is an increase for the need for customer intelligence overall and identity management. 
And I think it stems from the fact that people's behaviors have changed so much. It's, it's almost like we need to press the reset button and get to know customers all over again. And I, I think the data models and algorithms, some of the ways we use data in the past to understand and predict behavior, you know, simply needs to be refreshed. You know, things have changed that dramatically in terms of customer behaviors and who's traveling and who's not. And so I, I think an additional focus that I'm seeing loud and clear is, is to really double down on data. I mean, if you don't know the right things about the customer, you can't possibly anticipate their needs. And therefore, it's going to make it really difficult to be the brand of choice. You know, we did some research um, earlier this year that looked at uh, people's attitudes and, and behaviors around loyalty and, and travel in particular. And what we saw in the study is that people's brand loyalty remained high, but they didn't travel at all. So their spend, you know, was zero. And so it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out as this year progresses and people resume to travel. You know, will they travel with the same brands they always did? Will they try new brands? Will they try new things? And I, I think we're seeing, we've seen in the past year an increase in things like rentals through Verbo and Airbnb and, and non-traditional lodgings. We've seen an increase in camping and glamping and RV travel. And I think we can expect that to continue this summer. I even read the other day that it, you, you can't buy a boat right now, even if you wanted to, because none are available. So, you know, people are going to be traveling a lot differently in their leisure time than, than what we may have seen before 2020. Yeah, that all makes sense. Yeah, go ahead, Linda. I was going to ask you to comment on that. I was going to say back to understanding your customers. That's the whole thing that how we used to target or identify or reach out to consumers has changed because who you used to be and how you used to act, you've changed, right? And so we have to move with the time. So there's a lot more analytics involved. There's a lot more signal and semantic type audiences in play today and contextual audiences in play. And we just have to keep up with that. On the VRBO type front, you know, Axiom has some audiences for that, but you're seeing that over and over again. My neighbors VRBO their house, right? And last summer they were booked solid. My dogs hated it because every week there were new people over there to bark out. Maybe they loved it. I hated it maybe. But so you're seeing more and more of that as a pattern as well, that people aren't staying in traditional lodgings and not staying in hotels as much. And they're because they're doing multi-generational or, or family groups, they want to cook, they don't want to go to restaurants, things like that. So that has really reinforced that behavior, gave it a leg up. Yeah, that's definitely what I have done over, over the last year. So I, I can absolutely see that. But see, I'm a camping glamping girl myself, right? So, well, now I've actually downsized from the glamping part and now I'm redneck camping. <laughs> so, you know... That's our next podcast right there, just defining what that means. But, you know, please continue. Well, glamping is high-end luxury camping, right? The people who have the beautiful Class A buses, right? Or even a fifth wheel. And I've had nicer campers, still bumper pull in my price range. Well, I now have a trike. My husband has a motorcycle. And so to make those come with us for our vacations, we bought a car hauler and we rednecked it into a toy hauler. So it's a cargo trailer 
that's 24 feet long and we've got a bed and a microwave and a porta potty in it. But it works for me. No, I'm a I'm a hotel kind of girl. I See? went hot I went hot water. I went my hair dryer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went some Plumbing. hot coffee. Yeah. Served to me by somebody else. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's that's the beauty of travel today is that you can do whatever you want, right? That things have really opened up as far as choices for consumers. And our role in the data guru world world is to help find what niche those consumers are in and help clients find the right ones for right people for the right campaign. Mm -hmm. So all of those options that consumers have create on the flip side, some complexity for the companies that are offering all of that wonderful selection that we all enjoy and appreciate so much. So let's talk about that for just a second. You have a lot of variety of options, depending on people's desires, comfort levels. Um, Then you have all of the changes in consumer behavior due to the pandemic. I mean, these poor brands, I would really not want to be in their shoes trying to make sense of it all and figuring out how I'm going to capture these early adopter, the travelers that you mentioned, uh, Linda, like how am I going to reach them? So let's talk about that for just a second. If, If you were an airline or a hotel chain, what would you be doing in 2021? Especially talking, comparing that to, you know, more normal, quote unquote, you know, you can't see me making the air quotes, but quote unquote years. What would you be doing? Who would like to start? Because I'm sure you both have a lot to say on this topic. Well, Michelle will give the deep dive, but from my point of view, I'd be excited to be a brand because I would be wanting to take over my competition because You may have had that brand loyalty to company X in the past, but now, since you haven't used it, I've got a great time that I can capture your attention with my quality or my pricing or my whatever that I didn't really have before, that trying to steal you away from somebody else's arms would be very tough. But now your arms are more open and you're willing to search and find new things. What do you think, Michelle? I agree completely. You know, any travel brand with a loyalty program would have traditionally leaned heavily on the data and customers associated with their reward program to drive sales. But the challenge right now is that we have this bifurcation. Not only did people stop traveling for a significant period of time due to lockdowns and and other things related to the pandemic, but this bifurcation is, is really we have some people who are willing to travel right now. They can't wait to get on a plane, a train, a bus, whatever it is to to get them where they want to go. There's a big portion of the population who still don't want to travel just yet. They they want to wait it out for a little while since we're not really out of the woods yet with this pandemic. So travel brands really need to figure out who's ready to travel right now, not in the future, but right now and who isn't. And I agree, there's a lot of opportunity to acquire new customers. So I I think travel brands really need to go beyond their loyalty programs as the way to kind of earn the the relationship and and begin to generate revenues again. And they really need to double down on using customer level data to find people who are ready and willing to travel right now. You know, and we've been doing a lot of work to try to figure some of that out with our clients. You know, we build audiences using research data on consumer attitudes and their emotional states based on their fears or not about the pandemic. 
And the research data points on, on travel propensities help us understand what people are thinking about in the context of the pandemic and are really powerful for travel and hospitality brands. The thing about attitudinal research-based data has been overlaid on our personics clusters and segments to help brands make some good choices about who's likely to be traveling. And we've also combined our data with some MRI and Simmons research to create some audiences based on attitudes and propensities relating to the pandemic. And there are a few of these audiences that relate specifically to travel, people who are willing and interested to travel versus those who are not. And lastly, we've also developed some predictive models that help use data like the incidence of infection and jobs and joblessness and mortgage defaults to understand at the geography or market level the severity of the pandemic impact on a community. And a travel brand can use these models to identify markets to focus more attention on and markets to focus less attention on. And we call this customer point-in-time modeling. And I think while travel may be an active recovery this summer, it might not be until the fall or even 2022 before the travel industry overall recovers worldwide. So I think brands really have some amazing opportunity. I like the way you put it, Linda. They have the opportunity to wrap their loving arms around consumers who want to travel and to be ready for the other consumers, the folks who aren't willing to travel right now, to be ready for them when they're able to resume travel safely. That's awesome. I mean, I know here at Axiom, we've put a lot of effort into uh, helping brands identify those different audiences, those who feel more comfortable, you know, getting out in a variety of, of ways, travel being one due to the pandemic, because of the changing nature of all of the information that that we might use. Linda, you mentioned something that I'd like to go back to, because there's a little bit of a onslaught of information, how much it has changed. We've, we're making modeled audiences. Can you talk a little bit, Linda, about semantics and what that is? You've mentioned it, but let's let's take a second to explain it just a just a moment. Yeah, so Axiom Semantics is the ability to understand online content consumption by a user. So it's not your search behavior, but it's the things that you're reading online. So if I'm reading a lot of articles about travel to a specific destination or a article about what to expect rules for travel for that country or place, things like that, then we can harness those keywords that are involved in those articles and create an audience based on that. So as people change and as they're starting to research maybe different airline names or hotel names or destinations like all the Disney World, Disneyland all those types of amusement type theme parks, we can use some of those words to help identify that that user is going to be in market or considering it. And then as they stop, so maybe it was just a fleeting idea, right? And they, they got scared, you know, the neighbor got COVID, they got scared, they stopped. They would fall out of the campaign. And then when they tip their toe back in the water again, they're back in the campaign. Right. So the beauty of it is it sinks every day. So as you're doing things, you start rolling into the campaign. And as you stop, you go out. So it's really great in market capability. 
So that's what I find so exciting as a marketer is that I don't have to look at things that happened 60, 90 days ago and assume that it's still going forward. I know that these people are still active and I can set that look back window, right? So I have a lot more control. Awesome. Thank you. So we've talked about many different tools that that we can offer, uh, you know, travel companies or or their agencies, whoever is trying to identify this, um, you know, these early adopters who, as you said, Michelle, can't wait to get on the plane, train, bus or automobile or whatever that, the name of that movie was. So if somebody wanted to get started, what would they do? Where would they go? Well, it depends on what they're looking for. You can start with dataguru at axiom.com. If you want a more consultative engagement, we start with those. But if you need real deep dive analytics, I'm going to start over from scratch, throw away everything I ever did before, then Michelle and team would help with our Center of Excellence Analytics group can help really deep dive and start over, build a new data set, et cetera. Or we can start with the easy button, like what's working today, put together some audience recommendations, things like that. So we work with you. We get your temperature on how deep you want to go and help guide you along the process. Awesome. Thank you for that. And so I think we're getting close to our, our time, but I we always like to wrap up with a fun question and, you know, in keeping with the topic, can you both tell me about your best vacation ever? Or a really good one, if it's hard to choose. Michelle, you go first. Yeah, I'll share. I don't know. I don't know how I would ever pick the best vacation ever, because I really love vacation. But I will tell you about a great vacation I had that actually occurred during the pandemic last fall. My daughter and I took a road trip, just the two of us. And we drove from Pennsylvania to Maine and back over the course of a week. And we mapped out our journey and stopped lots of places along the way, like every two hours, to see something that we'd planned, not just opportunistically finding stuff, but we'd planned these destinations, like visiting a sculpture park or a botanical garden or an interesting architectural site. And it was fantastic. You know, we, we, we stayed in hotels along the way with proper precautions for, for the pandemic protections, but it was a really different kind of trip for us. And we both absolutely loved it. I mean, there were no crowds. We were not in a rush to be any place at any particular time. We were able to manage our social distancing in a way that didn't disrupt kind of the joy of traveling. But best of all, I think it was just so nice to have quality one-on-one time with my daughter. You know, normally my, my husband, my son, we get a whole bunch of people in tow and I'm trying to keep track of everybody's stuff. But this was just the two of us, and it was really special. And I, I think it was made possible because of the pandemic. That's awesome. What about you, Linda? What comes to mind for me was a trip I planned to Kansas City, Missouri, with my sister-in-law and her husband. And the four of us went there to see the eclipse, the solar eclipse. And we stayed in a hotel, and we plotted out where we were going to be in the at the eclipse and we found a gas station of all places because we thought we'll have access to bathrooms, junk food, or right off the interstate, you know, so that we could jump back on after everything was over and it was great. We had a, a kind of a party in the parking lot. We weren't the only people that had selected that random gas station as their home base. 
and uh, we wore crazy goggles and looked at the sun and took pictures and it was a blast. And now in uh, two more years, I think it is, we're going to have the eclipse and it's going to go right over my house. So there we go. Party at your house. Party at Linda's house. That's right. Yep. And she's got a invitation. (laughs) Look for your invitation. I've already scoped out where in the yard you can see it best. I mark the date, all that stuff. We're we're ready to go. That's awesome. You didn't say where you wanted your favorite vacation. Oh, do you want to hear? It's hard to choose. Oh, okay. Um, it is hard to choose a favorite vacation, but one really amazing vacation um, happened many, many years ago. My husband and I were living overseas and we didn't know it, but one of our friends was a, a skipper as a hobby, like a sailboat skipper. And so he said, hey, why don't we rent a sailboat for summer vacation this year? And we're like, sure, that sounds great. So um we rented a, a sailboat with three other couples. Um, we didn't know all of the other couples, so it could have been really disastrous. And instead, it was so much fun. And we were living in Italy at the time, and so we were sailing around the island of Sardinia and uh, just a beautiful, beautiful part of the world. I had never seen water that pretty as this, you know, northern coast of Sardinia. And um, it, was, it was just loads of fun. So much fun. Sounds magical. magical. It really was. All right. Well, I thank you both so much for your time today, for sharing your expertise. This has been a, a wonderful conversation. I was already looking forward to summer vacation, and now I really can't wait. So, um, you know, I think I might call it quits now and just go start looking for where we're going to head out, uh, you know, in a couple months. So thank you both. 